we've been in a series, as I mentioned, called Abad. Uh, it's been a discipleship conversation over the last two weeks. It's been about how do we stay connected to Christ Jesus as the true vine and grow and mature in our relationship with him? How do we produce fruitfulness? How can we, uh, how can we produce fruitfulness in our lives? The kind of fruit that God wants us to produce. And uh, this series has been based on the passage from John chapter 15. It's this wonderful uh, moment where Christ is between the Passover meal and his crucifixion. And in this very, very key time, he uses uh, this opportunity to teach his disciples some really, really powerful lessons. And it's, it's fast becoming one of my favorite passages in, in all of Scripture. I'm going to read it for us as a reminder before we share our word this morning. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 9. It says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. And my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And we spoke about in week one that the word removes there means to lift up to connect again to the vine. And he prunes every branch that does produce fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. He says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. We have to stay connected. We have to abide in Christ. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. There's no fruitfulness apart from fruitfulness in Christ. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. That's where we're going to focus on this morning. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So should we do a little quick little recap to see how good our memory is of week one and week two? Now, I used to get so frustrated whenever the pastor said that when I was in church, because I'm like, dude, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. How am I going to remember what you said two weeks ago? But anyway, week one, we spoke about Jesus as the true vine. Yes. Who said that? You get 20 heaven points. Uh, we said Jesus is the true vine, that when we are attached to him, not just touching base with him every now and then, but when we are attached to him, that's when we automatically begin to produce the fruit that he desires. And we said that, that, that there's some counterfeit vines, some things that we can attach ourselves to, but we actually want to avoid them because they don't really produce the kind of fruit that God is wanting. We, were, we are in the pursuit of spiritual fruit. Uh, and then last week, we talked about the power of pruning. Yes, pruning. I saw you half getting there, Marietta. Um, and we said that pruning promotes spiritual growth by taking away what inhibits spiritual growth. And we said that the word pruning there means that we are cleaned and purified by the word of God. And kind of in that process, we are trained to become his disciples. It's that apart from me, you can do nothing conversation. And this week, as we conclude this series, I want to look at that verse seven, where it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And I've entitled this, the, the, the messages uh, this morning, the ask and the answer. And I want to look at the tension that exists between what we ask of God and what we receive from God when we ask him. And how the spiritual practice of abiding helps bring some clarity to that idea. Because here's the thing, there is, there is sometimes a difference, isn't there, between what we ask of God and what we receive from God. Anyone ever felt that there's a difference? For example, you know, maybe you said on Monday, God, would you please give me a good day at work today? Like, just let this be a good day. And when you arrived, your boss was in 
the worst mood ever since, you know, the Springboks lost to Australia when Bryce Lawrence was the ref. And now you're in machine gun fire the whole day and you're like, you know, thanks, Lord. You really heard me loud and clear on that one. Thank you. Or one level deeper, perhaps you're saying, God, would you give me a job? Can I have a job? Can I have some work? And then you find yourself in the waiting between the ask and the answer. Sometimes that happens, right? Or a little bit more intense, maybe you've asked God for a family. Maybe you asked him for a family of your own, a marriage, kids. It seemed like the answer was a yes, but then after some time there was a, a broken or a fractured relationship with one of your kids. And you thought, you know, what is happening here? Why, is, why does heaven seem to be silent on the other side of the answer? And how do we deal with those disappointments? How do we handle that tension? And how does this concept of abiding in Christ help with that? You know, can we experience God's presence and his will in the midst of the tension between the ask and the answer? You know, because if we're honest, us as Christians, you know, we really, we get awfully caught up, don't we, in this middle zone between those two, the ask and the answer. That's often where we get distracted. I think it's often where we get disconnected from God, from church, from one another. And this is, this is really where our discipleship journey is tested, isn't it? And I don't know if it's just me, but I often get very frustrated in those seasons where it's like I'm waiting or, you know, I, I got to know or whatever the case is. You know, God, why, why, why don't you just say something? Why, do you, why, why does it feel like you're, 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 you're silent? But I suppose if we could walk away from the message today, having received just this one revelation, I feel like I would have, I would have completed my, my job this morning. And that is, can we recognize that this tension we're talking about, this tension of the middle, is, is most often untangled by us renewing our ability to receive, not by renewing God's ability to release. That tension between the ask and the answer is most often untangled by us renewing our ability to receive, not by asking God to renew his ability to release. The solution lies in our ability to receive better as we abide in Christ and have his word abiding in us, not in God's ability to release. Because here's the thing, you know, if God is who he says he is, if he is a perfect father, if he is a loving creator, if he's merciful, if he's kind, if he's just, then may I make a case this morning that the issue is not with God's ability to release a blessing. He has already done that. It lies with our ability to receive a blessing. And this sounds obvious, but you know, how many times have we fallen into this trap of thinking that, you know, we haven't received something from God because somehow he's, you know, he, he doesn't want to meet our needs in the way that we expect. Like he's having an off day of some kind, you know. It's like, oh, some alien on some planet in the cosmos must have upset him. You know, now he's taking his frustration out on me. He's not giving me this good day at work that I asked for, you know. We often assume that this is somehow connected to God's, you know, lack of willingness to bless us. But if you want to grow into the image of Christ, if you want to, if you want to follow in, in our discipleship journey, we need to untangle some of these things that prevent us from growing. And I really believe that this particular mindset is a big stumbling block to growth. And why is that? I think it is the fact, I think it is true because it places an unbiblical expectation on God's part and an unhealthy responsibility on our part. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean that, you know, we place this, this unbiblical expectation on God like he's, an on-demand answering machine, you know, that whenever we call, he's going to pick up at exactly the time we want and give us exactly what it is that we think we need. Uh, sometimes though, sometimes we're not willing to seek him at the level that we're asking him to answer. <laughs> For example, God, would you give me a good day at work today? 
But, you know, I've read your word once in the last week. Lacking on the your word abiding in me thing, you know. And if we just had his word abiding in us, maybe we'd have a different perspective on our day. God, give me a job. That's the ask, the on-demand answering machine. Please pick up now. But, you know, I can't honor people's time by arriving, you know, early for a coffee date or my haircut. Now I've got to show up for work every time one day. Oh, Lord, give me a family. Give me a marriage. Give me a, you know, give me a family. But I've got three broken and fractured relationships and past baggage that I haven't dealt with because I wasn't willing to place any of those relationships at his feet, follow the holiness. But now I'm asking for marriage that's going gonna, gonna to really hurt if I, don't, if I don't get these first things right. Is that a bit too intense? Is that okay? I can feel the tension in the room already rising. Mm, mm, mm. But am I the only one that's felt God's conviction in this way before? Lord, please give me this thing. But he goes, son, are you really ready to receive it? And any good father, as we know, will, will, will never give us something that would, that would hurt us. He wants to grow us into the people that are ready to receive that which he has in store. You know, that, that's the thing about God's word abiding in us. You know, when we pray with the abiding heart, it sounds different to when we pray with the wondering heart. This is the power of this conversation is prayers prayed when we are abiding in Christ. They sound different to prayers prayed than when we are, when, when we are wondering, don't they? We said there's counterfeit vines in week one, and I guess there's many other things that we can allow to abide in us also. And I think if we just had to come back, if we just had to come back to the feet of Jesus again, just come back to that place of intimacy with him, just come back to our first love, we would realize that we just need to learn to receive what God wants for us to have not force him to release what we think we need to have. Amen. When we come back to the place of being at the feet of Jesus, we would realize that we just need to learn to receive what God wants for us to have, not force him to give us what we think we need to have. So can we, can we take a look at a couple of scriptures on this, ability, on this idea of God's ability to release um, blessing? And then I'm going to give us three kinds of prayers that are prayed in the wandering zone. Uh, and then three keys, three, three changes that we need to make to get back into the abiding zone. And in doing so, experience God's fruitfulness in our life. Is that, is that okay? That's where we're going this morning. But let's just, let's, let's take a look for, for a moment at, at, at one or two scriptures around this idea of, of, of God's willingness and ability to release a blessing. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 3. Um, this is the first one. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, can everyone say has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. You know what the number one phrase that the Apostle Paul used when he wrote his New Testament letters to, to the churches? In Christ. Go and, go, and, go and read his letters. He, he nearly always says, in Christ. This is in Christ. I'm found in Christ. I received this in Christ. And can, can you see the connection starting to form here between the abiding and the releasing provision of God in Christ as the, as the true vine? You know, that's where we find our identity. That's where we find our hope. That's where we find our joy, our sufficiency. Christ is the answer to the spiritual blessings that we are asking of God. It's found in him. And the, and the Apostle Paul is saying, you know, this is almost the sum total of his life's quest was to be found in Christ. Because he knows that is where God is releasing his every spiritual blessing is found in him. See how important it is to begin abiding in Christ with our, with our prayers. Uh, one, or, one or two more. Excuse me. I feel like I've got a frog in my throat again. Uh, Philippians 
Some of us will probably know this verse well. And my God, say, will supply, will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. There it is. This, this, this passage comes at the end of the book of Philippians where Paul was, was thanking the church on their generosity. Uh, and he's saying that, you know, nothing that you've sown into the kingdom will ever be in vain. He says that, you know, you can expect to receive a bountiful reward and return on your investment into his kingdom. And it's not a case of, you know, Lord, if I do this and you will do that. It's the thing of the consequences that you receive are a product of your faith in action. And then he says, you know, he's, you know he says, my God will supply every need of yours. When we, when we place our trust in him, when we come to him, we will receive everything that we need. Note the word all there, or every, every need of yours is supplied in Christ. And then one more, John 1 verse 16, such a beautiful passage. It says, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Such a powerful verse, talking about how we are constantly receiving the flow of God's grace in Christ Jesus that makes us like him. And I, I just love it how it says it's a grace that we have all received. You know, the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ is for anyone. It's for everyone. And you don't have to get cleaned up first before he will accept you. He will accept you right as you are. That's where his grace will actually meet you, right at that place of your need. So a couple of scriptures there on God's ability to release. And if that tension between the ask and the answer is untangled by, learning, by, by us learning to receive better, Let's look at three potential reasons from Scripture why we sometimes ask from the wrong place and then the keys that we need to get to ask from the right place, that place of abiding. And I really want to actually create a few minutes at the end of the service today for us to, to just pray to God in our own way. Don't worry, I won't call any of you up on the stage. That's happening next week. Um, but I want, to, I want to just give us a moment to actually pray some of these um, abiding prayers uh, afterwards. So I'm going, to, I'm going to take us through these, through these three kinds of prayers, the three keys that unlock each of them. And then I'm going to give us a moment at the end of the service to just in our own way, um, pray to God for, for what he knows that, that we need. And the first one, the first type of asking that creates confusion in the middle between the ask and the answer is that sometimes we ask with the wrong motives. And for that, we need a change of heart. We need a change of heart. Now, this is something that I'm sure all of us have done at some point in our lives. You know, asking God for something that seemed like it was for him, but actually, if we were honest, it was more about us, you know. It was more about us wanting to look good or feel good about ourselves or bring us some sense of fulfillment. But if we drill down to the heart of that request, it's actually, you know, God, here's what I need <laughs> instead of here's what it is that you need for me. You know, and when we pray these kinds of prayers, look, God is merciful, okay. He's not asking us to pray picture-perfect prayers, otherwise he's not going to answer us. But when we pray these kinds of prayers with the wrong motives, it's, Difficult to expect to receive something that, you know, we were, we were actually asking for. Imagine a prayer that went like this. God, I thank you that you have given me everything I need for life and godliness. Thank you that I will never lack in this season. Make me wise to receive that which you know I need, that I might become the person you need me to be. Versus, God, I really want this or that. Please, would you bless me with this thing? It's going to be for your glory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Making sense? And it's the change of heart that, that, that it, it, it takes a change of heart for us to go from trying to persuade God to give us what we think we need to receiving and resting in what he knows that we need. 
He's a faithful father. Amen. And when we pray prayers with that heart posture, we are positioning ourselves to receive well because now we're praying with God's plan in mind. Psalm 37 verse 4. We all know this verse, I'm sure. Delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Keep it up there for a moment, production. Do you know how important the first phrase in that verse is? <laughs> Delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many times do we skip over that though? God, you'll give me the desires of my heart. Oh my word. New house, new car, new this, new that, bigger this, bigger that. But look how key that first thing is. It's, it's delight yourself in the Lord. Make your joy in the Lord. Then when you're in that place, your prayers will automatically be in line with what he wants for you. You see the difference there? You see the heart, the heart posture thing? And I guarantee us when we did, our prayer requests might not look the same when we delight ourselves in the Lord first and pray from that place. You know, maybe your prayers might go from, God, please release a marriage to God, please make me a person ready to receive a marriage. God, please release a business to God, make me a business owner ready to receive a business. Maybe our prayers will go from God, give me more success in life to God, make me someone that who, that's, make me someone who will stay humble when success comes my way. See the difference there? We're delighting ourselves in the Lord, placing him first, and then he will give us the desires of our heart. This is a discipleship conversation, folks. How do we find ourselves asking from the feet of Jesus again? Uh, and then James 4. <clears throat> We've got to love a little bit of the book of James when it comes to discipleship and just setting us straight. So direct. He says, this is a, this is a harsh, harsh passage of scripture. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions or desires are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. Sounds like he's describing a soap opera. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. <laughs> yeah, you're right there, Lord. Sorry. Cut right down to the heart on that one. All of us have fallen into this trap, right? We've prayed with the wrong heart posture. And what this passage is saying is just just channel your heart's desire again. Just come back to your first love and I guarantee you when you do, you'll ask correctly. You'll be asking according to the purposes of the vine in your life. Amen. Secondly, we find this tension playing out in the middle between the ask and the answer because sometimes we simply don't like the answer we've been given. <laughs> we couldn't receive it because we didn't like the packaging. We had the wrong expectation. And we overcome this tension by a change of sight. We overcome this expectation, this tension by a change of sight. I wonder how many times in our spiritual journeys we have overlooked or missed the blessing that God wanted to give us and bestow upon us all because it didn't come in our preferred packaging. You know, it's like that take a lot package that arrives at your front door that has a gift from a friend or you know, family member and they wrapped it in brown paper only as a play on the value of the gift. And because we weren't expecting it and usually associate gifts in brown paper bags as useless, we threw it out with the packaging and missed out on something of immense value. Hey friends, God isn't trying to hide his blessings from us in some cruel game of hide and seek, right? That's not what he's about. But what he is asking us to do is to get over our sense of preference, stop asking from a place of wandering away from the vine 
broaden our understanding on the extent and the power of his grace and learn to receive the blessing that he has in store, even if it appears in strange packaging. Amen. You know, John, <clears throat> John Bloom, uh, he, he wrote an article uh, on, this, on this verse in John chapter 16. Uh, I'm going to read what he, what he said now, but let's have a look at the verse first. John chapter 16, verse 22 to 25. It says, so also you have sorrow now. This is again Jesus talking just after this passage in John 15. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And this John Bloom guy in this article that he wrote for Desiring God in response to this passage, he said, with regard, with regard to God's answers to prayer, expect the unexpected. Most of the greatest gifts and deepest joys that God gives us come wrapped in painful packages. We often unprepared for the answers we receive from God. His answers frequently do not look, uh, do not look at first like answers. They look like problems. They look like trouble. They look like loss, disappointment, affliction, conflict, sorrow, and increased selfishness. They cause deep soul wrestling and expose sins and doubts and fears. They are not what we expect, and we often do not see how they correspond to our prayers. Isn't that true? Does anyone feel like they've prayed to God and asked him for something, then something came across your path and you're like, that surely can't be it. That doesn't look like anything like the, like the request that I had, you know? It looks completely different. What is, what is up with this? Yeah, could, I, could I give you some, some examples to make it practical and I suppose spiritual? But here are some examples of answers to prayers that we, that we often pray after stage one, right, with our heart motives in the right place, in line with the vine that may arrive in strange packaging. Here's some examples. If we ask God to help us love our neighbors as ourselves, Mark 12, 31, what should we expect to receive? Answers that force us to give unexpected attention to a neighbor who might not be put in that category, which are inconvenient or irritating. God, help me love my neighbor as myself. Well, here you go. Here's a situation that's going to force you to place some attention on your neighbor. If we ask God to make us living sacrifices, Romans 12.1, what should we expect to receive? Answers that break and humble our hearts because the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Psalm 51.17. If we ask God for his kingdom to come, Matthew, uh, Matthew 6.10, in our lives and in the world around us, what should we expect to receive? Answers that reveal our deep spiritual poverty because the kingdom is given to the poor in spirit. Matthew 5.3. Last one. If we ask God to help us know him more, Philippians 2.10, what should we expect to receive? We should expect to encounter situations that result in part of us dying off. For to know his, resur his resurrection, we must also identify with his death. Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see how the tension is untangled there? Friends, God loves to answer prayers that are prayed with the right motives. But let's, however, not make the mistake of missing the answer because we disregarded the packaging in which it came. Amen. And then finally, I suppose the last reason why we sometimes lose focus in the middle of the ask and the answer is that we give up too quickly. We simply give up too quickly. And for this, 
for this tension to be overcome, we have to change our will. Quick little recap. The first one. I'm also going back here because I also can't remember. No, I'm joking. The first type of asking that creates attention is that we ask with the wrong motives. We need a change of heart. The second one. Second tension. We can't receive because we don't like the packaging. We have to change our sight. Third one. We sometimes lose focus because we give up too quickly. For this, we need a change of will. You know, we've kind of said throughout the series that this word abide, it means to be in a constant state of being with. It means to be continually present with someone. That's why some translations actually say remain. Remain in me as I remain in you. And like we said in week one, you know, this is very different from just visiting occasionally, you know, just popping in every now and then. It doesn't say just visit me every now and then and I'll visit you every now and then. No, it's remain in me, abide in me. And this really, this concept of abiding helps to teach us the power of being persistent in our, in our prayers. Because that really is where often these tensions are untangled. That is the lesson that God wants us to receive. Think about it this way. What is the purpose of the branch of a grapevine? What is its purpose? The branch is there to express the purpose of the vine. That's, that's what it's there for. The branch of a grape tree is to produce the fruit that comes from the vine, right? It needs to stay connected to the vine in order to produce and express that purpose. But what do we know about fruit trees? What do we know about these things? They operate in seasons, don't they? There's a season to water, a season to plant, a season to fertilize, and then there are seasons of harvesting. Grapes produce their fruit in season. And if during the winter, the season of silence, if you will, the branches decided to, you know, just pack up their things and leave, they would give up too soon and miss the harvest to come. There has to be some kind of a persistence in what we do. And friends, can you see that us as believers, we are called to express the purpose of Jesus, who is the true vine. We are called to bear fruit in season. And the prayers that we pray are there to express who Christ is in and through us. And we need to learn as we change our will not to give up too soon. We need to learn not to give up too soon because this is where the power of persistence comes in. We will experience new levels of fruitfulness as we remain in our prayers. You know, Jesus says it this way in Luke 18. He's, he's telling them, he's telling the, the, the crowds this parable. There it is. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. The scripture just words it so beautifully. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Not a very nice guy. You don't want to be the oak in the Bible that was described as someone that doesn't fear God or respected man. Probably not the best bio to put on your Instagram, right? And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. She wanted something from this judge. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. <laughs> and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? How's that passage? God is looking for persistence in our prayers as we abide in him. That's often how those tensions are entangled. And friends, I suppose as we conclude this series, I want to encourage us that we have a wonderful promise of God this morning that we will receive the answers to the prayers that we pray in his name. 
However, may we learn as we grow in our discipleship that we need to sometimes change our hearts to reflect the right motives. And may we also learn to change our sight and never neglect an answer because it came in the wrong packaging or packaging that wasn't according to our preference. And finally, may we learn the art of persistence and not give up so that we can reap a fruitful harvest in due season. Amen. Could you stand with me for a moment as we pray? And can I invite to share with you Robin from the keys as well? Thanks, guys. So that is the Abide series, everybody. I hope that, um, I hope that it's been meaningful for you. I hope that it's um, challenged you in some way and given you something to think about, something to, um, to consider. What is your one next, next growth step, I guess? What's, what's, the, what's the one thing we can do to, to grow and to produce fruitfulness as we continue to abide in Christ? And this morning's message, I really did feel that I wanted just to create a moment for us now at the end of the service to almost, I guess, practice. <laughs> practice what one of those abiding prayers sounds like and maybe you're like me and oftentimes you've fallen into those into those traps of praying with the wrong motive you prayed while you're wondering or maybe you've given up too soon or maybe you just neglected an answer completely because it didn't look like what you'd expected and I guess in this moment I want us just to close our eyes and really just focus again on Jesus as the true vine just picture him producing always releasing blessings over your life And we just need to come back to his feet and say, Lord, show me what it is that you know I need. I don't want to pray anymore from a place of wondering and thinking what I need. You know better. I trust you. And right there where you are in this moment, maybe we could just pray that one prayer to God. Whatever it is, I don't need to know. It's between you and him. It's a prayer of forgiveness. It's a prayer of growth. It's a asking for strength. It's a committing of something. It's a rekindling of something I'm not sure it's really up to you and him but just in your own way just pray that prayer to him remember God is merciful he longs to answer the prayers of his of his of his children thank you Jesus Holy Spirit I thank you that you are gentle thank you that you are so merciful you are never forceful and I thank you that you want what's best for your children Lord we're sorry for thinking that we know better if we've wondered we pray this morning that you would bring us back just bring us back to our to our first love to that place of intimacy with you Lord where things become clear where we receive mercy everything we need is found in you Jesus Would you remove the counterfeits? Would you give us strength to persist? Would you give us clear sight to see the answers that will grow us? And Father, I thank you that as we do that, we will grow and develop and become the people that you want us to be. Lord, may we we never get stuck in a comfort zone, stagnate and draw back and not want to be challenged. Father, would you break that mindset off right now? And would you let us step forward with confidence because we know that you have called us to a great future. Your word says that your plans for us are to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. And we rest in that provision this morning. And Lord, for every request, I thank you that you are breathing your answer. You are whispering your answer in the hearts and in the minds of your, of your people this morning, Lord. And Father, we just honor you for your word. Thank you that it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish the plan for which you sent it. 
and we rest in Your grace. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Church, can we give God a shout of praise this morning in worship? Thank you.